Good morning, everyone. It is the 9th of August. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Alex Byrne and Asim Kadri. There were mixed fortunes in financial markets last week. Equities and bonds continue to grind higher, while the oil market has been very volatile with its worst week since March, all of which points to conflicting interpretations of the current economic backdrop, as we will discuss. But equity markets are clearly being boosted by hopes of recovery, and we saw some very encouraging U.S. jobless data. What did you make of these non-farm payrolls, Alex? Good morning, Lola. We did, Lola, yes. We had non-farm payrolls rise 943,000, well above consensus, and significantly the best numbers we've had since lockdowns were imposed globally. Additionally, we also had April and May numbers revised higher as well, significantly so in some cases. Hourly earnings rose 4% versus consensus of 3.8, and all this together continues to help indices hit all-time highs, significantly more so in the large cap and the Nasdaq elements of the index. Additionally, we've had sharp rises in the long-term interest rates last week because of this. Some of this in part helping banking stocks, again, helping that index number hit all-time highs. And together, all of this hints towards that tapering being announced in some part in the September meeting with it being put into place in the early part of 2022. That's interesting. But also the bond markets are moving higher. Generally, yields are falling. They're perhaps hearing a different message on growth. They have done, yes, over the last month or so. Over the last month, rates have moved lower, continue to be the largest negatives in the bond space and the European space generally. UK short term is low, but mostly staying out of the negative space. Japan clearly got control, but very low to negative rates. In the US, yields have dropped, but remain relatively good and positive. So Europe is the main negative and becoming more so. Uh, the 30 year now into negative territory, so almost the entirety of the main part of the curve is in negative space. Part of that negative movement reflects that redoving of central banks' rhetoric since the peak recovery was mooted. So having to come out again and just reiterate the fact that law for longer is kind of here to stay. Certainly on the interest rate rises, we're clearly a long way off even discussing them. In part, shows why equities continue to be very, very popular. Flows continue to be good in the equity space, hitting all-time highs, as well as the alternatives market continues to be very, very attractive. And that's true apart from some of the emerging markets, Asim, where we've seen very turbulent trading in China. Morning, Lorna. Yes, that's right. So a couple of weeks ago, the Chinese government published an extensive regulatory overhaul of the education sector in order to reduce the burden on school children as well as the cost burden on families. So as these measures were harsher than expected, they resulted in significant concern about the potentially substantial impact on the fundamentals of the education sector. And that resulted in investor sentiment towards the sector falling sharply and some of the major AST, so after-school tutoring names, corrected sharply. So for example, Tower Education and New Oriental Education, two of the major private tutoring companies, sold off by 70 and 54% respectively on the day that the measures were announced. And this regulatory clampdown in the education sector follows a series of stricter regulations that the government has previously enforced in the tech sectors, particularly areas like fintech, e-commerce and home delivery earlier this year. The action here is different to what we've seen in the education space, since it's been related more to kind of monopolistic behaviours rather than social welfare. But nonetheless, sentiment towards the internet sector has remained weak for a while, given the scrutiny by regulators. And the recent crackdown in the education sector actually also triggered a sell-off in some of the largest internet names, so the likes of Alibaba, Tencent and Meituan. Three of the biggest Chinese tech names were down 14, 16 and 29% respectively over a two-day period. 
Yes, it has hit the equity markets pretty hard. And this has rolled on to hit the equity market more broadly. Yeah, so I touched upon some of the stock-specific news, but interestingly, the market sell-off across the Chinese equity market was indiscriminate, and the derating of shares went beyond just the education and the internet space. So the MSCI China index was down 14% over July, and a lot of that came after the recent announcements. So the threat of state intervention into controlling the private sector really creates a wave of panic selling, with the market not differentiating between companies or taking into account business fundamentals. And this may seem an overreaction given, as I mentioned, only a couple of areas have been targeted by authorities thus far. But I think crucially, the measures have been fairly extensive and harsh than expected. And that's really what's resulted in investment sentiment falling quite sharply across the board. So whilst the regulatory moves you know, have been targeted against specific industries, there hasn't really been any indication that these moves are approaching conclusion. And it's expected that more areas like housing or healthcare, for example, kind of areas where companies and individuals have monopolies or generate excessive profits may be targeted. So this is by no means meant to be an end to the action taken. And that's really caused significant uncertainty in an equity market, which is highly retail driven and also where valuations are stretched. Yes, and it is a very troubling trend. But if we stay with you then, Asim, and move to responsible investing, we saw President Biden last week giving a big thumbs up to the electric vehicle sector in the US. Yeah, that's right. So last week saw President Biden announce an executive order to accelerate the adoption of electric vehicles and obviously then reduce driving related emissions. So he set a target for 50% of new car sales to be electric vehicles by 2030, a move which has the backing of the major automakers, both in the US, but also globally. So these actions are part of Biden's broader plan to fight climate change, while striving to make the US an industry leader in the EV space as China moves to try and dominate that market. Interesting. We'll watch that one with interest because the US is still very much behind China at the moment, isn't it, in terms of adoption. If we look at the week ahead, though, near term, it seems fairly subdued as far as news flow is concerned, although the US July CPI inflation data will be closely watched, Alex. It will be, especially considering the inflation beats in the US we've had in the previous months. CPI is expected to be 5.3% versus 5.4% previously, so not much movement, but clearly still very, very high. The same for core, which is 4.3 versus 4.5 previously. Again, not a lot different and still at a considerably high level. Most of that rise continues to be from the same kind of places, increases in housing and rent, leisure and travel specifically in the aerospace. And the chip shortage continues to be a story which is importing on the increased inflation. And the wage growth number that I mentioned previously, that passed through into things like restaurants and services also has an effect on that increased inflation number. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank Thanks you, Robert. Robert.